הרי אני מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתים של דורנו, ולכל הצדיקים האמיתים שוכני עפר קדוש ומשבח אתכם אביבך לרבנו הקדוש. צדיק יסוד עולם נחנו ובמקור חוכמה רבנו נחנו נפגע בצמחה. נא נח נחמן נחנו יאומן זכותו תגן עלינו ועל כל ישראל אמן. So ברוך השם, today we start a new סימן לנציחות הר"ן. Lesson 74 will also hop into lesson 75 and start it. God will do lesson 75 in two podcasts. And Ezrat Hashem, let's start with 74. But today, in 74 and 75, we're both going to discuss the subject of prayer. And Rabbeinu is going to go deep. So pay attention closely because we're speaking about the, the highest of all things. Be'inyan ha-tfilah, with regard to the subject of tfilah, Lifamim, אין לאדם שום התלהבות בהתפילה וצריכים לעשות לעצמו. סורי, התלהבות וחמימות ולב בוער להתפילה. רבנו ססס, that sometimes a person has no enthusiasm while he prays. So what must you do? לעשות לעצמו, you must compel your emotions, you must almost like convince yourself. התלהבות וחמימות ולב בוער להתפילה. You must almost compel your, your emotions, this enthusiasm, this burning heart, this fiery heart to pray. You must almost bring that out of you. כמו למשל, and Rabbeinu brings a parable. שנמצא לפעמים שאדם עושה לעצמו רוגז עד שבא בחס ונתחגז. Sometimes we see a person, he makes himself angry, he rouses himself just to get angry, just to bring up that anger within him. This happens between people when they want to Uh, for example, get, uh, talk about an actor. When an actor needs to uh, become angry in a certain scene, he needs to rouse himself with anger. So he'll remember this and that, and he'll put himself in the anger, um, in that state of anger, just to bring up those emotions that were hidden within. Rabbeinu says the same is true of tefillah. You must compel your emotions in order to bring out that enthusiasm. As the world says, it's a common phrase to say. As they say in Yiddish, er zich en rogez. What did that mean? That he creates his own anger. Essentially, it's a thing, it was a common phrase back then to say that, oh, this man creates his own anger. Essentially, how do you create your own anger? You bring, you rouse yourself to be able to get to that point of anger. The same is true in the literal sense with regard to holiness. Specifically, when we get into the aspect of prayer. Sometimes you need to rouse yourself. You need to make yourself angry. Why? To make it seem to bring up within your, to bring out from yourself this heat, this fiery heart with the words of prayer. You actually need to bring that out from you. How do you do that sometimes? By almost acting as if. Sometimes you need to move your hands quickly during tefillah. Sometimes you need to, uh, whatever it is, scream to bring that out. As we were talking about, about this idea um, of creating one's own anger. Creating your own anger. And only afterwards will a person merit genuinely to truly be enthusiastic, to have passion, and to have a fiery heart in prayer. You'll merit that your heart burns for Hashem Ibach, your heart burns to serve God, and that you'll pray with great enthusiasm. Rabbeinu is saying, sometimes you need to fake it till you make it, essentially. That you're not actually angry, you're not actually feeling the emotions of Tzvila, so sometimes you need to bring it out of yourself. How to make it as if you're angry. And then only later will you feel that anger. Sometimes you need to make it as if you're enthusiastic. You need to move during your Tzvila, even though you don't feel it. And maybe after, Not maybe. 
If, as long as you hold on to this, you will continue and continue to do this, and then you'll truly merit to feel that enthusiasm. It's just a matter of continuing to do it, even pretending to be there, even if you're not. And then once you pretend to be there for long enough, you'll eventually merit to actually attain that place. And this is a massive, massive thing, um, especially with regard to happiness. Rabbanu says the same thing, that sometimes you have to put on a happy face even though you're really deep down, you're depressed deep down. Sometimes you have to put a happy face because that happy face actually brings out the inner happiness and it helps you attain it. Pretending is uh, sometimes important when it comes to Ketusha. And the same is true with regard to happiness, specifically during the time of prayer. A person's prayer needs to be in great happiness, in a state of joy. And a person needs to force himself to compel, compel himself to be happy with all that he can do in order to merit to truly be happy, specifically during the time of prayer. Look at the beginning of Shari Kavanot, the Ariya Kadosh. The Rabbi Chaim Vital writes over there, Maharku writes in the name of his teacher, the Ari, saying that his teacher warned the students to make sure that they're always happy. Um, before praying, that before they go into the state of prayer, that they would always be happy and never pray in the aspect of sadness. It's a very big thing. Tefillah elevates, uh, Simcha elevates all the tefillot. And uh, Rabbeinu is here re-emphasizing this idea. It's also brought down in Sefer Hasidim, um, this Inyan. Um, but we must understand, Barshinto speaks about this also, to pray with great happiness. And there's, there's really, it's so important. Rechamubad also brought down in Likud Moran, Lesson 282, Rabbeinu's most famous lesson ever. On the verse in which it says in Tehrim, Azamra, I will sing Lelokai to my God, Beodi with my little bit, with the little bit more that I have within me. What does that mean? Look in that lesson, look, go to the podcast, whatever you might want to do. Study lesson 282 of Likud Moran. A person who studies this, Be'emet, will really attain happiness in his life, true happiness. The highest way to attain happiness. It's the only way to attain happiness today. About finding the good points within yourself. To sing to Hashem Bach with the little bit of good that you have. And to be happy with even the little bit. It's a, it's a very important thing. It goes very, very deep. To understand the depth of this, one has to study the Kutei Arachot. Hashkamat on Azamra, also other places. Um, it's a tremendous, tremendous thing. Um, there's nothing really higher than this at all. Ayan Sham, look over there to discuss this idea. Rabbeinu says, if it comes to the point where your mind is completely confused and you have no way of attaining happiness, there's no way you can attain it. Then the advice is that what? You shall make it as if you are happy. You shall convince yourself as if you're happy, as if you're already in the state of happiness. As we talked about above, about fake it till you make it. There's really, Rabbeinu said, you cannot really attain happiness unless you do this. And even though in the beginning, the man's heart genuinely, genuinely doesn't possess that simcha that you're really yearning for. Even though at the beginning, while you're faking that happiness, your heart doesn't possess it, obviously. Just by making himself as if he's happy. Truly afterwards, he'll merit genuine happiness. This is a tremendous piece of advice. A huge, huge. We cannot, under, we cannot pass this over because so much of the time when it comes to anything in holiness, 
The only way we can actually attain it is as if we're pretending to be there. The only way you can pretend to become a, the only way you can become a tzaddik is if you pretend to be a tzaddik by doing all the actions that you're doing, going to the mikveh, whether it's reading tikkun whether it's waking up chatzot, traveling to the tzaddik. All these things that we do, we pretend to do them, even though we're not at the level. That's what actually makes us attain what we what we want to attain, because we're pretending to be at the level in which we're not, and by doing that, it actually brings us there. The main thing is the pretending, to actually yearn, to strive for it, to be as if you're there, and Hashem will guide you on the right path. Um, there's actually a beautiful story, Rabbeinu tells us, of a man who um, who is traveling on a boat. It's one of Rabbeinu's famous parables, and we can gain a lot from this, but we can see here the importance of um, almost pretending to be happy, even though you might not be happy, and the benefits of this. There was once a man traveling on a ship, and um, the man had a family, of course, in another town. And he went traveling to go find a panasat, to go make a livelihood for his family. And he used to travel months at a time to go earn a living. And one time he was traveling, he found a massive jewel. And he, uh, what do you call it? That was his entire panasa. So all he had was a jewel and he was bringing this back. And he had no money to pay for the ship back to his home. But... Um, Essentially what he did was he flaunted that jewel. He showed everyone that he had a massive jewel. So people thought he was very wealthy and they gave him all the honor. He didn't even need to pay essentially. He just showed his awesome jewel. Everyone was amazed by this. The captain of the ship was amazed by this and he let him in and uh, said, take the nicest room, the VIP suite, everything. So the man who only has one jewel in his backpack, nothing else, who's actually poor essentially, but only has his jewel to bring his panasa back, um, shows Everyone is Jewel and everyone accepts him as to be this wealthy person. So he enters uh, the ship with, without any tickets, just simple passageway as the captain allows him to enter and he has his own room essentially. He puts the diamond jewel on the table and as he's sleeping, he wakes up and he sees the, the jewels no longer on the table. What happened? There was a tremendous storm that night and um, the jewel, <laughs> the table basically... Uh, what do you call it? Dropped the jewel and the jewel fell overboard. A sad story essentially for this person who spent months trying to earn a living. That's his entire living and now it's in the sea, in the ocean. But instead of the man being sad and falling into depression, essentially he knew that if he were to act sad, people would get suspicious of him and know that something was up and that perhaps he didn't have money. And now he literally has no money. So he has to continue pretending to be that wealthy person so as not to gain traction from people and to, to cause too much attention on it. So he continues very happy, very, very happy the entire trip. And a few days before the trip, as they're docking, um, as they're close to, to entering the city port, the captain comes back to this person and tells him, you know, I have a tremendous amount of grain at the bottom of the ship, a tremendous amount of, granary, uh, of grain, wheat, barley, precious stuff, and it's a lot of it. It was, in fact, the, the value of that was even worth more than the jewel itself. And he tells the man, he says, look, I need a cosigner, essentially. I need someone um, to have a, what do you call it? I need to put it under someone else's name because they're going to suspect me when I get into the ship, into the boat. Um, sorry, when I arrive in the city. And I can't put it under my name. I already have uh, some red flags under my name. So I need to put it under your name. And of course, the captain thought this man was very wealthy. So he said, he's someone I can trust. Okay, I'll put it under his name. So the man said, of course, put it under my name. No problem. They put it under the name and as they're arriving, news breaks out that the captain dies. And who does all the, the grain go to now? 
as it's not under the name of the captain. It goes to this man who had nothing left. All the grain now belongs to him. And in fact, the value of the grain was worth much more than that jewel. The, si- the simple explanation of the story is evident. That when you pretend to be happy, things work out. It's brought down in Sefer Amidot that one who's happy, who's ma- he's matzliach, he's successful. Hashem brings success to one who's happy. Even when things don't seem good, Hashem is ju- it's just a small little test. It's a- and of course there are many big tests. But this is just a test to prevent us from being happy. The main thing is happiness. Rabbeinu emphasized happiness so much. This is the truth of being a tzaddik, to be happy constantly. And um, we see with this person that um, this fake happiness that he pretended to be happy essentially gave it, got him all his wealth. And in fact, more wealth than that jewel. We see how there's tremendous salvations even when a person pretends to be happy, even though deep down he's not happy because later on he'll truly merit happiness. And Rabbeinu says this piece of advice is an awesome piece of advice not only for happiness, not only for prayer, but for any single holy thing. For anything in holiness. As we discussed earlier, that what? That in the beginning a person needs to, to convince himself as if he's eager to do that holy act. Even though he might not be. But as if he's eager, he'll truly merit to actually be eager about it, to actually be enthusiastic about doing holy things. And understand this very well. We can go on much, much more about this, but um, because it's a simple podcast um, and it's a quick podcast, that's uh, all we can do for this. Continue on to Siman Ayin Hay, Lesson 75, about the idea and the power of prayer. Specifically, Rabban is going to mention something here, very important. Um, about the Kabanot specifically, Kabbalistic meditations when a person prays, and how Rabenu says to avoid this. Look, it's very, it's very awesome stuff. With regard to the subject of prayer, Rabenu spoke a lot with us. May Rabenu's memory be a blessing. He spoke a lot um, about us, uh, about Tfila with us. And Rabbeinu warned us very much to force ourselves, to coerce ourselves, to pray with tremendous intention, with tremendous focus, concentration. And what does that mean? As we saw a few simanim ago, that we need to bind our thoughts to the words that we're, that we're uttering with, a, with, a, with the connection that is tremendously strong and uh, and uh, that it's bound together with tremendous strength. That you tie them together, that they're inseparable. To bind one's thoughts to the words. That you should incline your ear to the words that you're saying. And pay attention to what's actually coming out of your mouth. Rabbanu says, underline this. This is the essential way to pray with concentration. Rabbanu is saying, true tefillah b'kavana is literally opening up your ears to listen to the words and binding your thought to the words. And Rabbanu did not command anyone to pray with the med- Kabbalistic meditations of the Arizal as, as is written in the writing of the Arizal in Shach Kavanot, etc. All these other Sfarim. Rabbeinu was very careful not to command anyone to pray with the kavanot uh, of the uh, of the kavanot of the Ari. May his memory be blessing. 
אפילו לאותם אנשים, אנשים שהיו לומדים כדי ארי על פי פקודו. Even to those students who studied the writings of the Arizal upon Rabbeinu's command. Rabbeinu said, Rabbeinu told many students to study the writings of the Arizal. Rabbeinu, when he was, when he was meeting with Rabbi Natan, he gave Rabbi Natan a strict, uh, a strict uh, structure um, of study. In the beginning, it was about Mishnayot, and six months later, he began studying Kabbalah. Rabbeinu commanded Rabbi Natan to study uh, the Kabbalot of the Arizal, or the writings of the Ari HaKadosh, and the Kabbalah and the Zohar. Um, so even if it was Rabbeinu's command to certain students to study Kabbalah, specifically for the rectification of their souls, he never told them to pray with the Kabbalot of the Ari. Rabbeinu said the perfection of prayer is simply the words Baruch Hashem, blessed are you God. In its simple meaning. Rabbeinu is saying the perfection of Tfilah is in its simple form. Go back to the basic. That's what Rabbeinu is teaching us. That what we don't need the Kavanot of the Arizal even though of course they're very lofty. Now it's not doesn't mean not to study it. But the practice, it's an entirely different story, as Rabbanu teaches us in other simanim. This is the essential way to concentrate during prayer. The real Kavanah Tfilah. What is it? To put all your concentration into the explanation of the words, the translation of the words, and to truly listen uh, uh, to what you're saying. And he used to mock those people who said, one doesn't need to force himself to pray. He feels it or he doesn't feel it. Rabbeinu used to mock those people. He warned everyone. He made an announcement to everyone that what we have to pray with all our energy. To put all your energy in the letters of prayer. Just recently, um, in the last podcast, I believe, that with regard to foreign thoughts that come to a person during prayer, Rabbeinu commanded all of us not to pay attention to them at all. Rabbeinu was saying, do not put too much attention on these foreign thoughts. Relax, it's fine. Okay, they hit you, just think about something else. But don't try to push it out of your mind and put too much focus on it because you only strengthen it after. All you need to do is what you need to do. Continue going on your tefillah, kedako, as the way you're doing it. And do not pay attention about any single confusing thing that hits you during your prayer. Do not turn your face and your thoughts to them. Do not put focus on them. Do not give them attention. We already saw this. Look in lesson of Likut Moran. Lesson 72. Rabbeinu continues. Rabbeinu may his memory be a blessing. Continued and said, it is impossible to pray the entire prayer with complete concentration, with the proper concentration. Rabbi was saying it's impossible. From the beginning to the end, it's impossible to pray the entire thing with, with concentration. Each and every person only prays just a little bit of the tefillah bekavana. As we see empirically, we see this, each and every person sees this within himself. One person might recite the incense offerings with, intent, with proper concentration. Another one might recite the, uh, recite the Psuke de Zimra from Baruch Shamar and to Ishtabach properly, um, etc. Et Each and every person might have their um, Kavana in a, pro, in a different place. And I, Rabbi Natan says, 
I saw in Rabbeinu's holy writings, his manuscripts, I saw a beautiful Torah he wrote about this. But I did not merit to copy it. And the little bit of that which I remember from that, those writings is what is brought down in Tikkun Ezor. It's brought down in Tikkun Ezor, Tikkun uh, 18, page 32b. There are masters of the hands and masters of the feet. This is what we just mentioned above. That each and every person um, awakened himself and merits to pray with proper concentration in a specific portion of the prayer according to where he stands. Whether he's the master of the hands, he might have a different have concentration in a different portion of the tefillah. If he's the master of the legs, somewhere else, etc. We know that Rabenu didn't Copy all his all his teachings weren't all copied. Rabenu commanded Rab Shimon and Rab Naftali, two of his main students, to burn the chest of all his writings after his passing. Of course, Rabenu published already many other sfarim, but he had a lot of other books that he wrote in his chest, and um, in, and he kept in a chest in a in a box for safeguarding. And Rabenu commanded them that after he passed away, that they need to burn it. And, of course, it was very emotional for Rabbi Natan, being that he's a transcriber, he's a scribe in the hand of the, uh, he's the pen in the hand of the scribe. He's the pen in Rabbeinu's hand. That, that uh, imagine the pain of Rabbi Natan not being able to reveal these things to us. This is, um, sorry, I just read that. Uh, about what we just mentioned above, that they're masters of the hands and masters of the feet. Arken, therefore, Rabbeinu says, a person's heart should not be discouraged when he sees that he merits to pray a little bit with proper concentration and suddenly it stops and he's not able to pray with concentration anymore at all. Rabbeinu says, do not be discouraged by this. Because this is obligatory. This is part of the process. Rabbeinu says, just put effort on praying the rest of the prayer with total simplicity. And um, that's the way to continue praying to the best of our ability. How? With simplicity. Even though we may not have the best concentration, simply incline your ear like we talked about earlier. And um, put your mind into the words so that you really understand what you're reading. And uh, that's it for today. Godwin will continue next uh, podcast. Next episode in we'll finish we'll finish uh lesson seventy five is Ratashem.